Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you're a note taker, the, the word devoutly means we behaved in a godly way or in a God-pleasing way. The word justly, if you're a note taker, it means in a right way, in a righteous way. We walked upright. Blamelessly means without fault, without blame. So he's saying, you guys saw, it wasn't just words that we preached. Listen, listen, Paul is saying, you saw us changed. You witnessed the fact that, that our lives were changed. You saw the power of God. He didn't, did, he didn't say, oh, please don't look at us, just look to Jesus. Do you ever hear people say that? Oh, don't look at me, man. Look at Jesus, right? Well, it sounds godly and all, but no, Paul's saying, no, no, look to Jesus, but watch our changed lives. Watch the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Has that happened in your life? The power of the Holy Spirit changing us? I pray that's happened in, in all of our lives because God wants to change every one of us. I mentioned this on Tuesday night, and uh, I love the fact throughout this whole church, there's people in here that the power of God has changed them in such a way I don't even recognize them anymore. Seriously. They're, they're coming to church, and I'm like, wait a second. Can I please see a picture when you first came to church? Because this is not the same person. Why? Because the power of God has worked in such a powerful way. It's like the beauty of the Lord are on these people in this church. That's an awesome thing. And Paul's saying, you witnessed it? God also can testify that, that we lived and behaved in a godly way. And when I look at that also, I look at, okay, people are watching us. I remember after accepting the Lord and in I'm at work, and one of my friends at work came up to me and says, I can't believe you call yourself a Christian. I was like, oh, no, what did I do? And I says, why? What do you, why did you say that? And he says, well, you know, that comment that you made earlier, that you said this and that. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, I said this and that. And he goes, oh, that makes sense. And then I realized after he told me that, I'm thinking, wow, they're watching me. This dying world needs to see that Jesus is real. Amen. And it's not a condemnation to us. We're going to make mistakes. Listen, you've heard me say this before. I want to say it again. It's not that we're sinless, but we sin less. And they should see that. My good friend, he came to me very seriously. He came up to me once and says, hey, uh, Joe, I, I want to say something to you. He says, I want the old Joe back. And I was like, what do you mean, the old Joe? And then, you know, the guy that parties, the guy that goes out with us, and we do all the stuff. And I said, you want him back? I says, well, guess what? He's not coming back. I said, He's dead. And he kind of looked at me like, you're weird, you know. I said, he's dead. He's not coming back. And I look back at that. I'm like, that was a compliment. Because they see a change, but they realize the change wasn't something that I, it was the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so Paul the Apostle said that. We're, we didn't just talk the talk. It's easy to say, oh, I'm a Christian. Do you ever meet people like that? They say, I'm a Christian, and they live like the devil? I've literally had to tell people before, I've, I've gone up to them and said, please don't tell anyone you're a Christian. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're living like the devil. That brings confusion. Just the other day, one of our neighbors, he came knocking on our door, which was kind of strange. I'm like, what does he want? And I don't know him that well. It just, you know, I've talked to him a few times and, and all. So he's knocking on the door. So I, I'm like, yeah can I help you? And he's like, he says, hey, the delivery truck's here. I bought an appliance and it's missing a part. And he says, hey, can, can you stay at my house for about 30 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes? Because I got to run up to the hardware store. And he said, they, they won't 
they can't, the delivery guy said, we can't, you know, just be in your house without somebody here. So can you just sit in my house? And I'm, I said, yeah. And we had somewhere to go. And we, so, but, but I didn't tell him that. And I said, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, I'll be right there. So marched down there. And, and then sure enough, he needed another part. So they couldn't do it. So they had to leave. And so, but then I started thinking through that. I'm thinking, why did he go to our house? And maybe he thought, well, I, I think I can trust the pastor in my home. Maybe something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But he could have knocked on any of the doors. There's a whole, you know, bunch of other doors, but he went and marched right over to our house. And I thought, that's a good thing. I hope it's because he trusts that I'm not going to steal anything in his house or something like that, that he notices a difference. Great verses that go with this. This was our scripture reading, actually. The Apostle Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to this. As his divine, can we say that out loud, please? power has given to us some things, all things that pertain to what? Life and his divine power gives us everything we need to do life and to be godly. We Listen, you and I have full access to the throne of God. The power that raised Christ Jesus up from the dead is available for every one of us. So we can't cop out and say, oh, you know, that God understands. No, no. He wants to give you the power over everything. He wants to give you the power to live a godly life. He wants to give you the power to do life itself. But that divine power that's available to us through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. It's available to us. Be encouraged. Paul the Apostle, writing to Titus, said, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards men appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he did what? Saved us. Not anything we can do good to to become saved. It's his righteousness that saved us. But it goes on, listen. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the what? The renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he, God, poured out on us. Can we say that word together? Abundantly, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's abundantly poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. Listen, that we would be different, and different, hopefully, in a good way. We live in a world that desperately, desperately needs Jesus. Amen? And God's way of salvation is to use us. And I guarantee you, people around us They're watching us more than they're listening to us. And I pray they see a difference in us. We're we're gonna mess up, we're gonna make mistakes. So if 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 you're being under condemnation, right, like, oh oh, pastor, this is condemning. No, no, no. It shouldn't be at all condemning. It's a just realize the Holy Spirit's poured out on us. They should see a difference in us. But listen, even when we're talking, trust the Holy Spirit's using you. Just regular conversation. Why? You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been around someone that's just so filled with God and the Holy Spirit? They're talking and you're like, wow, God's speaking to me through this person. If not, you need to be around people like that. But you and I need to be those people. Amen? So this world's in desperate need of Jesus. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon for his church. I believe that with all my heart. Do we have anything to see? Do we have any signs, do you think, that are taking place these days? People are laughing at this point. Why are we laughing when we say, are, there, are we seeing signs? Because, matter of fact, it's like, Jesus, are you running late? What's going on? <laughs> Check this out. If you guys, hopefully you've seen this. This is just out. You know who these three leaders are? 
You've got the president of Russia, the president of Iran, and you've got Erdogan, the president of Turkey. Does that ring a bell, anything in scripture come to mind? The three main leaders of the Battle of Gog of Magog that will come down from the north and attack Israel? Are they giving us any indication that they're going to attack Israel in this? Well, let me read what they said. This is uh, Putin speaking. He says, our relationship is really developing at a good pace. Talking about this relationship, the Gog of Magog relationship that they have, said the Russian president. Listen to this. We boast record level of growth in trade. Then he says, we are strengthening our, listen, engagement on international security issues. What is that? Well, I think he explains it. And it goes on, and making a significant contribution to resolve the Syrian conflict. Who's involved with the Syrian conflict? Israel. That's exactly what they're saying. So we're reading in the news, these three leaders are getting together, joining hands, telling us exactly what they're going to do. They're saying, we're going to solve this, this problem that we're having with Israel because Israel keeps going into Syria and keeps stopping us from advancing. And so we're going to work together and deal with this. As we've talked about before, this could very well be the Battle of Gog of Magog. I truly believe, scripturally speaking, the, the Battle of Gog of Magog will be something, it'll be right in the midst of the rapture of the church. It'll, rapture of the church, I believe, will happen probably right before this battle, or right during the battle, or shortly after this battle starts. Guys, I think we need to look up. What do you think? And you might say, well, you sure that there's tension between Israel and Russia? Well, Russia moves to shut Jewish agency, fueling Israel tension. So this means that uh, Russia's decided not to let the Jewish people out of their country. They're holding them captive, if you will. Keep your eye on Israel. Keep your eye on Russia. Keep your eye on the Middle East, because these things are developing. I would suggest for all of us as believers, let's keep looking up. Amen? Amen. And then you have this that's taking place. I don't know if you guys saw this. In, here in the United States... House passes bill to codified marriage equality with large bipartisan support. So uh, they codified it. So they were concerned because the Supreme Court was talking about reversing the whole thing with gay marriage. So they codified it so it can't be changed. And 47 Republicans stood with them. I wish I had some good news to give you. I like to usually do that, but I didn't bring any with me. So let's go back. <laughs> Verse 11, and he goes on to say, as you know, so Paul talking to this young church, he said, we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. He's reminding them when he was there how he was like a dad. He said, we exhorted you. That's, that means to come alongside, to urge you, but also the main uh, definition of this is we encouraged you, we gave you encouragement we comforted you, that he consoled with them, he was right alongside of them, and another word for encouragement. And he was like telling them, do, do you remember when I was there, I was like an encouraging father to you guys. As believers, listen, we all need encouragement, amen? And I just wanna say, when, if you encourage others, God will encourage you. My wife, I'm so blessed, I have a wife that has a gift of encouragement. I have other friends that have the gift of discouragement. I try to stay away from those. No, no. I had someone after service, first service came up to me. Is that me, Pastor? Am I the one? I was like, I was like no, no. No, but I will get your picture up there next time. No, no, that's not it. 
But seriously, we, he's saying, I encouraged you guys. And I want to say to you in this message, be encouraged. Keep looking up, be encouraged. I loved when I was running track in school, I loved when I saw the finish line. Why? I was encouraged. It's almost over. I can stand up here and say, I truly believe with all my heart, biblically speaking, guys, it's almost over. The finish line is right before us. Be encouraged. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws near. Just recently, my wife and I, we ran into a lady that we, we know, and, and she needed encouragement. She started sharing what she's going through in difficult time. And matter of fact, she even mentioned that she said, you know, she was praying, and she says, you guys, I know this is a divine appointment. You guys, us meeting like this is an answer to my prayer. So we started encouraging her with the word of God and through prayer, and then she prayed. And, and I can only say this, after we were done, it was like I was looking, we were looking at a different woman. She was just changed right there with the encouragement and the word of God. And, and it was so powerful, so much so, I, don't, I can't go into too many details. I don't want to, you know, I want to protect her privacy. But so much, I mean, her mouth, our mouths were just like, when things were taking place, like, wow, God, you are right. You've set this appointment up. There's no mistake about it. But not only was she encouraged, my wife and I were like, this is so encouraging knowing we are in the center of God's will. How, it's like, God, how did you get us in front of her to answer her prayer at this meeting that was just set up by you, ordained by you, and it's just so encouraging. And I just want to, again, remind you, people need encouragement. Encourage those that you're serving with. Encourage others. I would even say encourage those that are not even Christians yet. People respond very well with encouragement. I remember my sister used to do that to me when I was in the world. She would find different things that, qualities in my life, and she would just go on and encourage me. She says, you know, I love these qualities that you have. And it's like, and it was, I just lit up, like, really? Paul the Apostle, speaking to the church in Corinth, says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, can we say that out loud? Mercies. Do you know that's your Father in heaven? He's the Father of all mercy and God of all Comfort, that word also means encouragement. He wants to comfort us. Do you know the Holy Spirit's called our comforter who comforts us in some of our tribulation? Is that awesome? It could even say who comforts us in most of our tribulation, but it doesn't say that, does it? He comforts us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any what? Trouble. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. In other words, when you go through a difficult time, seek the Lord. He'll be right there. He's the God of all comfort. He wants to comfort you, but it's not just for you. Then when you see somebody else that's going through a difficult time, bring them comfort. And you might say, well, pastor, how do I bring them comfort? Two great ways, the word of God and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Another great passage that goes with that. First Thessalonians 5, 11, it says, therefore, comfort each other and edify. That means build them up to edify. So comfort, encourage them with comforting words and edify, build them up, one another, just as you also are doing. So he's, he's commending them for doing that. But listen to this, it goes a little bit farther. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. So recognize those that are there, that are laboring with you, those that are in the church, those that are co-laboring with you. Recognize them in a good way. In other words, encourage them and are can we say that out loud? Over you in the Lord and admonish you. 
Very interesting word. The word admonishing means who teaches you, who, who trains you, who warns you. So they need extra encouragement. Can I minister to the married couples for a minute? Wives, encourage your husbands. Why? Encourage him in his leadership because men are called to lead and they need your encouragement. You might say, well, you don't know my husband. He's, he's, he's a terrible leader. All the more you need to encourage him. Don't lie to him. Don't flatter him. We looked at that already. But find those things in his life that he's doing right and encourage him and support him in that. It's very well needed. Husbands, we got to go to the other side. Love your wives. That's all we're called to do. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Just pour out love upon your wife. Why? Listen, God loves your wife. But also, going back to what we're looking at here, so those that are over you in the Lord, admonish them and esteem them very what? Highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among your, yourselves. Don't flatter them, but give them the encouragement that they need. Amen? Amen. Last verse. So Paul goes on to tell this young church that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. No takers worthy means appropriately in a suitable way, in a manner worthy of our calling. What's our calling? In context, we're called into his kingdom. We're called into his kingdom. When you realize that the lifetime we have here is a vapor, that's what the Bible says. The life we're going to live for eternity goes on and on forever, but it's his kingdom. We're his kids. We're called into his presence, where his glory dwells, where his presence dwells, where he's at. We're called to be in his kingdom, and that's going to last forever. And if you realize that, he's saying, if you know your calling, do you know that when, you're, when you leave your body, you're going to be in his kingdom forever, and you're going to be part of his kingdom? That should change how we live. If we believe that, it should change. We should walk worthy. We'd, it, isn't it terrible when you see these great leaders, or not great, excuse me, I'll correct that. When you see leaders and their sons aren't walking in a good way, do you ever know anybody like that? I'm just teaching the Bible. But it's like a disgrace. When you have a king of a, of a country and their, and their kids are, are living in a terrible way, it's a disgrace. And, and, and likewise, listen, our dad is the king of kings. And we're called into his kingdom. The day we leave these, listen, the day we leave these bodies, we're going to be in the presence of his kingdom and we're joint heirs with Christ. He gives us the whole kingdom. And with that reality, Paul the Apostle is encouraging those young believers saying, walk worthy of that. Walk worthy of the fact that your dad's a king and you are kids of the king. And it should change your life drastically. Listen, we are called to be different than everybody else. If you're trying to be like the world, can I encourage you? Stop it. We should shine way above the world. I truly believe that. Everything that we do should shine way above the world. Our music should be way above the world. Our, our performance, if we do theater here, way above the world. Everything we do should be way above. Why? Because we're connected to the creator of all things. The one that's the most creative thing in the universe is God. And we're his kids. Just the other day, my wife and I, we went to the mall, something that I'm not too fond of, but we went. And she wanted to get a croissant, an almond croissant at the coffee place that's there. And so 
So she asked, she goes, do you mind if we stop there? I was like, yeah, no problem. I know she loves it, so yeah, no problem. So we go, we, they had one there, which was great. I was concerned they didn't have it because they don't always have it. So they had a croissant there. I'm like, yes. So I go to pay and I give him my debit card and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, we can only take cash. And my wife's like, it's okay. I said, no, no, it's not okay. And I was like, are you sure? He says, yeah, the machine's been down all day. It's not working. I said, can you try it? And he goes, he's looking at me like, you're weird. And I said, yeah, well, please just try it. And so he puts it in there and I'm like praying, I'm like, okay, Lord. And I just, I've got my hand up there a little bit. I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> please. I know my wife wants this and she's willing to give, please, Lord. I'm, I'm not saying it out loud, right? So he's like, nope, sorry, it doesn't work. I go, can you try it again? And so he's like, okay, you know, so he puts it back in. This time, I'm just, I'm going for it. I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I go, Lord, please let this work. Out loud, I'm saying it. I'm like, Lord, please let this work. The owner comes by and he goes, yes, Lord. I was like, yes. And I was like, right on. I kid you not. He goes, Gigi. He goes, it works. The two employees that were there, they're like baffled, like, really? And I said, like, yes, thank you, Lord. I knew if I wanted to bless my wife, I knew God even more so wanted to bless her. And I'm like, I wasn't going to walk away into her disappointment. And so my point is, though, listen, we should be different than the world. I'm like, Dad, we need help. He's the king. Guys, if you don't get anything else from this message, please get this. We are going to be with the king, our king of kings, our lord of lords for all eternity. We're going to be in his kingdom, and it's going to be our kingdom. We're joint heirs with Christ. That should change how we walk. As Paul's exhorting this young church, he says, walk worthy of that. Do you, do you realize who you are? Do you realize your dad's the king of kings, the lord of lords? He owns everything. Don't walk like this world because they're not part of the kingdom. And if they don't come to Christ, their kingdom is of darkness. Why would we want to be the same as those that are, that are in darkness? No, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works. They'll see a change in you. They'll see a difference in you that they'll glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Remember this, we looked at this before, but I want to, it fits perfectly with what we're looking at. Jesus in Luke 12, 32 says, do not fear, little flock. And that might be for somebody today. Do not fear. God doesn't want you to fear. But then he goes on to say, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the, what? To give you the kingdom. And we looked at this before, but I want to make this very clear, especially if you've never heard this before. If you think through, God owns everything. Everything belongs to him. That he, he creates everything. He can have anything he wants, but he takes pleasure in something. And if you were to ask the question, well, what does God take pleasure in? What, what is his great pleasure? What, what, what brings God pleasure? To give you the kingdom. And it doesn't say to give you part of the kingdom, to give you resources out of the kingdom, to give you a little portion of the kingdom. No, we're joint, joint heirs with Christ. That, that means that he, when we get to heaven, he's going to say, this is yours. The kingdom, his kingdom. And it says he takes good pleasure in this. It, it's his, your father's good pleasure. So I get this picture when we go to heaven, it's not like he's not going to say, okay, come on in. Oh, yeah, here's the kingdom. There's the, you know, here's the keys. Just do what you want. No, no, he's going to be like excited. Like, this is yours, guys. I created this for you. I created this kingdom for you guys. So when we go to heaven, we're going to be in his kingdom. And then millennial kingdom, wherever his throne is, that's where the kingdom's at. So there'll be the millennial kingdom here on this earth, a thousand years. He's going to say, come on, you're going to reign with me. His kings and priests, this is your kingdom. 
And after a thousand years, you guys know this already, the book of Revelation tells us that then the new heaven, the new earth come down from heaven and we'll have the new heaven and new earth with the holy Jerusalem, the new, the new Jerusalem, and he's gonna say, this is your kingdom, this is eternity, this is, there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, nothing evil, no devil, nothing, it's all gone, this is your kingdom. With that, the reality that we're called to his kingdom, I hope, I pray, I trust that we'll walk worthy of our king who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die, that we would have full rights, full possession of his kingdom. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.